Christ. I'm going to set a timer. Um, so, our, our church fellowship looks very different from how it did a few years ago. I could see, it's nice to see, nice to see Tunde um, uh, again after, after so long. It, um, uh, and, um, uh, but it, the, our, the faces in our church look very different from how it was um, a few years ago, especially pre-pandemic. And, um, a lot, there's a few people who have moved away. Circumstances have, have called them away. And even the circumstances for the people who have been here for forever um, are very different. But people have moved away, but they are still part of our church. Um, we, we are saved to one body um, of believers. We are, yeah, we are saved to be the body of Christ. And, um, and, and as that body of, of our one God that we serve, we, we have one mission. Um, and, and regardless of where we are, um, whether we're up in Manchester or um, staying in Norwich, we are called to um, uh, we are called to one mission, uh, and that's what we're going to that's what we're going to talk about today, um, uh, and we're going to use the example of uh, one of the missionary organisations that we support in order to do that. Um, I'm going to uh, just introduce many of us. Many of us are new. I'm going to introduce you to Indeed and Truth um, to Sibeth and Susie, who founded Indeed and Truth Ministries in, in South Sudan, and um, uh, reintroduce for most of us who have probably not really realised that we're still supporting them. Um, so we, all people, all people have a mission, um, whether that is our mission that God is calling us towards, or whether that is our own mission in life that we set ourselves. And um, uh, one of the dictionary definitions of mission, I should put it on the screen, um, is an important assignment given to a particular group of people or a strongly felt ambition or calling. Um, and so we all have a mission in life, whether it's if we are a teacher, we want to teach to the best of our ability. If, we, if, we're, if we're a doctor, we want to deliver the best health care that we can. Um, if we're a father or, or, or a mother, we want to be um, serving our families um, and raising our children um, to the best of our ability. And that, that, that is the mission for that season. Um, we are all one body. We are all serving the same God. We are all followers of Christ. And, and God calls us to mission. He doesn't just save us into his... Um, and, and he doesn't just save us from our sin. He saves us from our sin into the church. Um, uh, and he saves us... The reason he does that is we, we are saved so that we can do mission. Um, and so... And, and that is universal, regardless of where we're particularly called, whether we are called to South Sudan, like Sabeth and Susie, um, or whether we're just called to be uh, a mother, or whether we're called to be whatever. That, the mission is the same. Uh, and the mission is this. It, it is to become more like Christ, for ourselves to become more like Christ, but also for others to be, become more like Christ, especially those who do not know Christ yet. We want Christ-likeness to grow, and, and this, this is our mission as Christ followers. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to look at Indeed and Truth, and I want to just pick, pick out a few things about how Indeed and Truth was, was founded, um, uh, and, uh, and how did they initiate or start that mission, um, and how can we learn, learn from that, um, and, um, and, and yeah, and how, how can we become more like our Christ, our, like more like the Jesus that we serve, who came not, not to be served, but he came to serve. Um, 
this is, this is why we are saved. And there's a few verses I just want going to put up on the screen. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are, this is our, our mission is to work out good, good works. Um, and we, we walk in these good works which God prepared beforehand. Um, part of our mission is to, um, is Philippians 2.4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And, uh, and then likewise, Galatians 5.13, is we are, we are called to freedom. We've been saved. We've been fr- we are free um, from the law. We're free from our, from the, from our sin. Um, to, we are called to freedom, not to use our freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So our mission is always the service of others. It is outwards. It flows outwards. Um, and so, and, and so we, we're saved and we're called to work out our salvation. Let the love of God that has come into us flow out through us towards other people. Um, so our mission is Christ-likeness for ourselves. For each of us here this morning, our, we have a mission towards one another. Um, but we, are also, we also have a mission for... Jesus gives us the great commission, um, which is to go into all the world. Um, I think that's up on the screen as well, Matthew 28. Um, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Um, and behold, and this is our great hope in our mission, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, so Jesus gives us that, Jesus gives us that mission. Um, uh, it is to make disciples uh, and and grow the disciples that we are walk, currently walking alongside here this morning, um, but also making disciples of, of those who do not know Him yet. Um, and, and this is this is joining God in His mission. So we're saved into the body of Christ, and now we join God in His mission, which is to save souls, to increase Christ-likeness in the world, um, in our own lives, in the lives of all, um, is the goal. Um, Jesus gives us this command in John 13. Um, A new command I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And by this, people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And so this is the, this is the hallmark of disciple-making, is loving one another. And this is the hallmark. This should define our lives as, as, as Christians. It should be love, uh, and not just what we think about love, but loving how Christ loved. Um, and so today, that is, that's, our mission is, is here. We are to do that together, um, uh, serving one another in the, in the church. <coughs> Um, and actually, if you, one of the ways that, that if, or what that looks like, we, we've just been through as a church the One Another series, uh, and that, that, if you haven't had a listen to it, I'd go back, I think all the teachings are online, and, and go back and have a listen to see what that sounds like, what does our mission to one another look like? Um, I mean, Jesus sums, kind of sums all of John's months of work in these two sentences. Um, Matthew 22, and he said to him, um, this is in reply to what's the greatest command. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And, and so that is, and by doing that, by demonstrating that love of Christ, then people who don't know the love of God will, will be hopefully drawn towards that love of God um, uh, and recognize that love of God in us and, and then desires, desire um, uh, that, that same love that we are shown. Um, and so I think we're, we're going to be spending a few, a few Sundays in the next few months looking at some of the missions we, we support as a church, um, uh, and uh, both locally, um, I think, like the, the Christian Union and, and, and local missions like that, but also in, in some of the international ones that we, we support as well. Um, and so that'll, that'll be good, and we want to learn from the examples of these, of these missions. <coughs> Um, and part of the reason we want to do this as well is because not only is we're supporting them as a church, this is where some of your tithe is going, um, but we're, we are called to support the wider church or the wider body of Christ in their mission as well. Uh, and so part of that is prayer, part of that is giving financially, um, and however else may, God may call. Maybe God will call some of us to South Sudan. I don't know. Would we be willing? Um, so, indeed and true, um, uh, where, where does that fit in? Well, I, let, I just want to start by reading their, their mission, uh, or their mission statement. Well, it's not really their mission statement. It's their, the verse that was the reason they founded it. And it's a very sh- short verse in 1 John 3, 18. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. We, we'll, we'll come back to it a little bit later. But um, uh, he says in 1 John, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Um, and so keep this in mind as we, as we, as we, as we go through. Um, so indeed and truth, what, what's that all about? Well, first, let's give a little bit of background about Sudan. Um, so Sudan was a, um, it became an independent country in 1956. It was ruled by Egypt and Great Britain jointly for about 100 years before that. Um, gained independence and then unfortunately went straight into a civil war. Um, and actually, in its 66 years of na- as a nation since then, it has seen 17 years of peace, and that's it. It's been pretty much an almost constant state of civil war. Um, there's a majority Muslim population in Sudan, um, uh, and there was an initially quite a small Christian population, although that has grown, but there's also a lot of indigenous and tribal communities as well. Um, all of these groups have been affected by the wars there, um, however, there has been, and there c- unfortunately still continues to be, quite a significant amount of Christian persecution as well, um, with, with, with church bombings, Christian schools targeted, and, and, and things like that. It's, it's, it's relatively commonplace, even now, despite an official peace that was brokered in 2020. Um, however, despite that persecution, or, or maybe because of it, um, in 1980, there was 1.6 million Christians there. Um, in 2010, actually, there's a 11 million. So actually, the Christian population, despite that, did increase. Um, and partly because of that, Sudan then, um, a, well, a group of states in the south part of Sudan um, declared independence and became the Republic of South Sudan. Um, and so that, that is where Indeed and Truth Ministries is based now in what is now known as South Sudan. They started in Sudan, but then since the independence... Um, they, they, they set up their ministries in, um, in the town of Conj in South Sudan. Um, 
It's one, it's, it continues to be one of the world's poorest nations. 50% of people are under the age of 18, um, uh, which, yeah, it's just, that seems crazy. There's very, very little access to healthcare. It's a very high mortality. Life expectancy is about 58, which is better than the 26 it was about 50 years ago, but still very low. Um, so where do Indian Truth Ministries fit in? Well, they, in 1998, there was ongoing civil war, ag fields were being destroyed, um, agriculture investment was just not there, and, um, and then there was a famine. Uh, and unfortunately, there was, there was a, an extra 70,000 people who, who died that year, who basically starved to death that year. And um, that Im images of that were shown on TVs in America. And there's a, a, a lady there, an uh, ordinary lady uh, at an ordinary Calvary Chapel in California who saw this, and her heart was stirred, uh, and she wanted to raise money to support South Sudan, or Sudan. And, um, and, and that's, that, that's, that's basically from where it went, that started from there. Um, they saw... They, they went over to Sudan and saw the need there firsthand. They saw a lot of the poverty. And they, they um, yeah, and, and so 1999, they began their specific mission that they called to serve the people there practically. Um, <coughs> and this is, how, this is always how the, how the outworking of our mission begins, is we, we, f we first see a need. And, um, and we've been saved to the body of Christ. And, um, and we're called to live out our mission. Uh, and so in order to do this, we need to be around other people. We need to put ourselves in places where we see need. Um, if, we, if we isolate ourselves, we're not going to see need. If we isolate ourselves, if we would forsake the gathering of, 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 of people, if we withdraw ourselves from the world, we are not going to be able to love the world as Christ loved the world. We're not going to be able to serve one another as Christ served us. Uh, and so I, this is a really important I mean, maybe it's really obvious for me, uh, to, to you, but it's, it's a really, I, I think it's a really important thing. Um, uh, that here now in our local mission, we need to be around people to actually do that. Um, so, we, yeah, to see need, we need, we need to be around people. Um, so, and, and, and our mission is to grow in and share in the love of Christ. Um, to grow the kingdom and, and ultimately to, to win more souls. And, the, and the, the, the mission is the love of Christ. And one of the ways, uh, one of the ways the Christ-like love is, is um, defined is in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I'm not going to read, I'm not going to read all of that. I'm just going to nitpick, um, nitpick. Um, but it says there in, in verse, uh, in chapter 13, that love does not seek its own. So we, we, we can't be by ourselves and walking in the love of Christ. Um, there's, a, there's another side to this uh, as well, is that we have to be also be, when we gather together, we have to be willing to acknowledge our own needs um, and share our own neediness, our physical needs, our emotional, our spiritual needs. Um, if we pretend that we don't have needs, we're going to deny others the opportunity to, to serve us like Christ. Um, uh, and so, and it's very easy to have that mindset in our very self-sufficient culture, um, is that I'm fine, I'm sorted. Um, or it's easy to, to think, I need to get all of my 
needs sorted first, and then I can start to serve other people's needs. But that, that's not what God calls us to. Um, uh, and God knows that we have needs, um, uh, and he will meet them, but we are. And often he'll meet, God will meet our needs through us meeting the needs of others. Um, so how might this mindset change how we do bring and share later? How might, like, it's often tempting to get off home, especially on a day like this, chuck the kids in the pool at home, or it, like, it's, it's tempting to not want to be around other people, but actually it's, it's, it's tempting to not want to get to know people because we're sometimes afraid of the needs that might come up that we feel we can't, we can't meet. Um, uh, but actually, this, this is what God is calling us towards. Um, and so Sabet and Susie, they saw, they saw this, uh, they saw the needs there in Sudan, um, and, um, and 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 they recognised that they didn't see a need, but that they didn't just see the need, but there's a there was a response, and um, and I think there's there is always a response when we see needs, whether that's locally here, whether we whether if we see somebody and don't do something, that is a response. If we see these things on um, see these war-torn countries on TV and we, we don't respond, that is a, we don't respond. There, that is still a response. Inaction is still a response. Um, not one that we want to be, yeah, that we, want that we don't want that to be our response. Um, although having said that, there are specific needs that I think God puts on our hearts, often related to the circumstances that we've been through in the past, and, and that, that's more to do with calling. Um, and often God will give us those specific, he, he'll give us a, a, special, a specific heart for people with certain needs. Um, and I think that's, that's just part of how he works. And that, that was what he put on, um, uh, on, on Susie and Kuji's heart. Um, and, um, but he, Yeah, and, and there's a lot of different ways that we can respond. Um, and Jesus uses an example of the, of the Good Samaritan to, I think, to illustrate a few of the ways that we can respond. And I just want to briefly go, go through a little bit of that now. I'm not, not actually going to go through what, how the Samaritan responded, um, but I'm going to go through how the Levite and the priest did. So if you can turn to Luke 10. <coughs> So Luke 10 says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, and I like that Jesus puts by chance there, um, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So, likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, the, these three characters, and the Levite, the priest, the Samaritan, they all saw the same need. Um, they all responded. Um, uh, um, and it was, it was, I mean, in this case, it was a pretty obvious need, and I, and I don't know whether we could ever really justify not meeting that need if you saw somebody lying wounded and beaten. I don't, I, um, uh, and that, 
but the priest and the Levite did justify why they didn't do that, or they tried to justify, at least for themselves, um, why they should ignore that. And, um, and they could argue about their responsibilities. They're going to go and serve somewhere else. Maybe they were just too busy. Maybe they were running late. Um, maybe they were... Um, they, they wanted to avoid becoming ceremonially unclean by healing, uh, tending to the wounds of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the beaten man. Um, or maybe they were thinking, oh, this man's been beaten. If I, stop and if I stop and help them, maybe the robbers are still there. Maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get beaten too. And, and, and out of wanting to avoid putting themselves in danger, they, they, they neglect this need. Um, and I think we can respond in all of those ways and um, uh, I, I certainly do. I'm, I'm, I, I have to. I, I confess that I used my chasing after my three boys to avoid talking to people at, at times, to avoid getting to know people more. Um, uh, and sometimes it is justifiable. And these are the most dangerous, the, the dangerous ones, where there is quite a lot of truth to. I'm busy chasing after three boys, um, but I know in my heart that I have very specifically, intentionally. Oh, my boys need looking after need looking after in order to avoid meeting people's need um, and, and yeah and, and, I've, and I need to repent of that and grow in my willingness to, to meet others needs um, sometimes as well we, 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 we can respond but we can respond half-heartedly or we can respond in word or talk we don't actually respond in love we don't respond in, in deed we um, we can offer an encouragement but never follow that through. We can offer an emotional prayer or even just put hashtag pray for Sudan on Twitter and then say, say job done, um, that's, that's, that's how I'm, that's, I'm, I'm doing my mission. Um, but that, that's, not, that's not what God calls us to. Um, and um, and, the, and the, the, the notional prayers we can offer us, we can sometimes go, go before God right here, right now, just so that we can tick something off rather than staying in persistent prayer for that person, rather than thinking, okay, well, how can this, what we're doing now, come into uh, fulfilling a more practical need? Sometimes that is all people need, and sometimes that can be a practical deed I itself, which is what people need, just going to the Lord together in prayer. Um, and, and that's where you have to think it really, really trying to love in truth, and we have to be truthful with ourselves, like what Am I, am I praying for this person in order to meet or, or just check off that I'm, I'm doing my service? Um, or are we truly doing it out of, out of love, out of a Christ-like love? And, and I think we can all grow in that and we'll always have mixed motives. But um, yeah, I think we have to be truthful with ourselves. Um, yeah, James writes about this a little bit in in chapter 2, verse 15. Um, he says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what, what good is that? Um, uh, in the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Um, and so this, this, is, this, is our, this, is, this is how we do mission today. It, it is, it's practical. We're called to to action, love is in love is in action. Um, <coughs> so, so how should we respond? Uh, and uh, Susie and Sabeth Pooch, they, I think their example 
is, is really good in this, and that is part of the testimony that they put on their website. They recognize their accountability. Um, I'm quoting from the website. Um, they, they saw the need in Sudan. Um, they say, or they said, if we walk away from this situation without doing anything, we are guilty. Um, and I don't think that's how they felt about every single need they've ever come across. Um, and I think we would be wrong to, wrong to think that. Um, but there are certain needs where we are called to that, where God works that in our hearts. Um, and God weighs certain needs on us, and, and he holds us accountable. And um, uh, Hebrews 4.13 says, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Matthew 12, 36, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. Romans 14, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. And so we, we are accountable to God for how we respond to the needs that we see this morning, right now, um, when we go to work this week. We're, we are accountable before God, and, and that's, that could, that, that's, a, that's a scary thought. That could be quite condemning um, if we don't know and understand the God that we are accountable to. And, um, and we, we must remember that this God that we are accountable to, he, he's, he's the creator of all, thing, of all things. He's above all. He's in all. He is, ultimately, he's a self-giving God. Um, he is a God who is love. He defines love just by who, who he is. Um, and he ultimately demonstrated love practically to, for us um, that whilst we were still sinners, whilst we were still his enemies, he sent his only begotten son um, uh, that whoever believes in him might not perish and have eternal life. Um, and so that this, this, this Jesus who's, who's fully God, who's the son of God, who's our God, um, he be served but to serve and to, to give his life as a ransom for many which he did he did this for us he's um he suffered on our behalf he suffers for even our even our ongoing lovelessness and inaction um and he is even right now here interceding for us at the right hand of the father um he gives us his righteousness and um, and nothing can separate us from that love of god nothing can pluck us from his hand this is the God that we are accountable to. He's not a fierce God. He's, he's not against us. He is for us. He's wanting us to know the freedom that we now have to now strive to meet people's needs, to become like Christ, to grow in Christ-likeness. Um, um, but we are still accountable. Um, and 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 3 uh, says, each one's work will become manifest the day that is judgment day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done and it's testing whether our deeds are, are good or not if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives he will receive a reward if anyone's work is burned up he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved but only as as through fire and we sang about this earlier about um, i will build my life on the foundation of this is, this is where we serve from. We serve from this position. Um, we're not serving to get into that position. We, we, that's, that, that, like we, that doesn't even need to cross our minds. 
we are serving from that position. Um, and, and so how does that change our view of our local mission here towards one another um, how do, and to our unsaved work colleagues or neighbours in the week? Um, how does that change things? Um, we, I think we, we as Christians should be the most fearless. We should, we should be the most intentional, the most willing to meet other people's needs. And, and we pray towards that. Um, uh, the, we pray that we will grow in, in, in our Christ likeness, in our love for Christ, in our love for others. Um, so what was, it, what was the next step after we've, we've seen our need? We, we've, seen, we've seen the need. We've um, recognized our response. We recognize our accountability for that need. Um, well, the, the next step is the, the response should be that we should be willing, and that should be the very first step. Um, uh, we don't just dive in, and this is one thing I like about Beth and uh, Susie, is that they didn't just dive in and try and solve all the needs here along the way. They, they, it, it took a while for it. It took, it took another um, year or so um, for Indeed and Truth Ministries to, to be started. And even then, it started with famine relief, and, and, it's, and it's grown from there. Um, and it's changed. It's not exactly like that um, anymore. Um, but their, their initial response when they saw this need was to, was, was, was to spend time. They could spend time in the Word, could spend time praying, um, and, and just making themselves available for how God would call them. And I think that, that I mean, it, depend, it depends on which need you're currently thinking about. Um, and I mean, that's a slightly more long-term need. I think if a little old lady drops her bag when crossing the road, you don't need to go and like, think, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? You know, what, what do I do? No, you, just, you, just, you, you do go and do that. Although you still do it prayerfully. You can still say, Lord, how can I turn this to Jesus? Um, how can I still love this lady even more than just picking up her bag? And then, so willingness. Um, needs are all around us. There's a huge amount of need. And we're not called, so if there's practical need, physical need, emotional need, then we're not called to meet all the needs that we see. Um, but also, when we're, when we're meeting needs, the goal isn't to just eradicate need as, a, as an entity. We're not trying to completely get rid of need. Um, that's not the goal. The goal is through serving that need bring glory to God, bring, um, uh, demonstrate the love of Christ so that the knowledge of Christ can grow. Um, Jesus himself said the poor will always be with you um, uh, and, and part of that, there will always be ongoing need. We're not called to meet them all, but, but we are called to meet some. And, um, and, and this is part of our identity. We are called, as Christ followers, we are called this proves our identity as Christ followers as well, this, this willingness. Um, and we, we, can be, we can be unwilling because of, we can be overwhelmed by the scale of need. Um, uh, and we can sometimes be unwilling just because we don't want to. And I, I, I confess, sometimes I just prefer not, not serving other people. I, I, I prefer to serve myself. Um, uh, and that's, that's an attitude that is growing um, less and less, growing less and less, getting less and less over time, um, uh, and my love of others is, is growing as God um, 
as I walk with the Lord, God, I spend more time in his word. Um, it's, all, it's also, um, it, I think it's also important not to, if we sometimes with some needs, if we dive straight in, a, a lot of the time that can be because our motivation is, I, I want to be the saviour. And I, there is only one God and saviour. Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's important to recognise as well that even in meeting needs, you will have mixed motives. Uh, I mentioned a bit earlier that we will um, uh, always think of ourselves somewhat, but over time through sanctification, we will be wanting God's will more than we want our own. Um, and this is what we pray towards. This is what we strive towards. So practically, what does, what does, what does some of meet, what does that will uh, or meeting needs others, uh, meeting needs of others look like? Um, well, simply today, I mean, I, I was encouraged a couple of weeks ago by um, by Kelly. She probably doesn't know this, but um, she spoke. She simply just spoke to me and said, "Oh, Kitty, Kitty looks. Uh, Kitty looks like she's having a difficult day." Can you give her a hug and love her for me? And that's all she said. That was it. But actually, that spurred me on. I was doing the music in the morning. I was chasing after my three boys. And to be honest, I completely overlooked t- uh, Kitty. And, um, uh, and actually, she was having a difficult day. She was also working a night shift that night and she needed rest. And, and um, I just hadn't even thought about it. But that, that one encouragement was, was a good deed um, that then spurred me on to actually meet the needs of my wife. And, and arranged some childcare, and 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 that was how that was another practical outworking of meeting Kitty's needs there. So she had some food, just nice food, to take on her night shift, and um, and so j- even just one small encouragement, when done in truth, um, uh, uh, when uh, it can, um, yeah, it is part of our mission um, and how we love one another. Um. <coughs> so how. In the, in the grand scheme of things, do we know what the will is of God for our life? What is the will of God for my life? And I think that's a question we've all asked ourselves and spent a lot of time, um, often wasted, thinking, what is the will of God for my life? Um, how do I identify my local mission here? Like, what, what, what do you want me to do? Um, do I need to go to the, are you calling me to Sudan? Are you calling me to um, further homeless? Or, or whatever, it, whatever it will be. Um, and it's a big question, um, and one with a relatively easy answer, shortcut answer, really. Um, so let's, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Um, similarly, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And what does that look like? Well, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that you know how to control your own body. 1 Peter 2:15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using f- your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honour the emperor. John 6:40 says, For this, this is Jesus speaking, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Raise him up on the last day. 
So if anybody answers you, oh, I just, I'm just struggling with the, knowing what, what is the will of God for my life, this is your answer. Um, this is always right. Pursue these things. Pursue God in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the day-to-day. Pursue um, loving others. Pursue self-control. Pursue praying without ceasing. Um, and, and I think he wants to use us wherever we are. Um, that's the reason we're in our current circumstances. Whatever circumstances we may be in, God wants to use us just there. Um, and I think if we pursue the, this revealed will of God and we just simply love like Christ loved wherever we are, that I often think the practical plans for our lives become less, we, we worry less about, am I in the right place? Is this, per- is this the person I'm supposed to marry? Is this, uh, am I called to work in... Little or Aldi, or what, 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 am I, what am I called to do? I think all of that just tends to work itself out, um, partly because we realize that a lot of these decisions, they're, they're big decisions, but they, we, we can trust God through whatever decisions we, we make. God has given us brain to reason. If we spend time in the Word, we, 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 see, we see this. He's given us brains that can reason, they, we can weigh up, we can, we can plan our ways. Um, and um, yeah, but we, we trust that God directs our steps. And, and, I, and I think the more and more we do spend time pursuing God, pursuing Christ for ourselves, the more willing we are to then pursue others and work out this mission, whether that is to go to Sudan, um, whether that is... Um, uh, and, and I think God, in terms of just specifically or practically, um, I think we do grow... Um, or God will keep bringing back to our remembrance. He will keep bringing certain situations that tug on our heart, um, uh, whether that's support those specifically with mental health issues, whether that's um, serving children, or whether that's meeting the needs of the homeless. Like God will put specific needs on our hearts that he just wants us to walk in. But before we, we, we worry about that too much, just walk where you are, loving others around. This, this is our mission. So Sibet and Susie, they saw that need in Sudan. They felt accountable. Um, they didn't jump right in. Um, uh, another quote from their website is, uh, Susie began praying for the overwhelming needs surrounding them there and asked God to direct her path to the area he wanted her to work in. Um, and so the more we spend time, the more we pray, the more we are just conscious of God that we want to do his will through whatever decisions we make. Um, and I think that's their, their example of doing that is a, is a really good way in thinking about our mission. Um, so after, let, let, let's say God's given us a willingness and is increasingly giving us willingness, what, what, what happens next? Um, and there, what follows is well, we, need a, we need to step out in faith and it's a practical step out in faith. It's, li- it's literally... We need to meet somebody else's need. You literally need to get out of your chair and put one foot in front of the other. There, there's practical actions that we have to take. We have to, we have to do that. Um, and um, and so again, back back to Sabet and Susie. So they they prayed, and um, over time, over months, as they were praying, their desire and their, their desire to meet the practical needs of people in Sudan increased. Um, and, um, and they, they then started planning their way, and, and the Lord opened up doors, and, 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 he, um, uh, and, and they ended up in, in, in what is now South Sudan. And initially, it was just family, um, just money and food, 
uh, distribution, and that was the key initial need that they had identified. But um, there was but the seventy thousand people had just died. Those remaining, um, uh, those remaining who hadn't um, were, were still living on, on almost on the verge of death, but were surrounded by death. They lived were living in poverty, poverty. Um, and so because of that, there was there was there was no hope. Maybe not even because of that. We often have hope. We are often hopeless, even when our needs like that are, are, are not met. But I think that that poverty um, is often a picture of all of our spiritual poverty before Christ came to us. Um, and um, just meeting those practical needs does not, in and of itself, inc- improve hope. It will cause hope to increase. Um, and uh, we read the Great Commission earlier, and, and this is the main aim of the Indeed and Intrigued there now, is to use that practical service as a way to make disciples, um, be disciples who make disciples. Is, um, and and the, the, but the first thing they do is they practically demonstrate that, that love of God. Uh, and this is how God shows us his love ultimately, uh, as, we've already, as we've already mentioned, is by sending us Christ. Um, and so practically, what do Indeed and Truth actually do? Well, they, they, they run a hospital there to meet the, the needs of um, as a, it's a more of an maternity hospital. Um, uh, they meet the needs of children with the vaccines and, and things like that. They do distribute food. They do um, uh, treat acute minor injuries. Um, and and um, um, they do all of this practical service. Um, but one thing that I think we can really learn from from, the, from Indeed and Truth is, is, um, uh, is we start by meeting the practical needs, and then I'm now quoting from their website, but we know all is useless if Christ is not known and honored. And I think this is part of loving in truth. And this is even, that, that's for them in, there in Sudan, but that's also for us here today. If we're trying to meet needs, meet the needs of others um, without if we try and do it in our, in our, off our own back and our own strength, it often falls flat. Um, if, if we, if we um, are meeting somebody, other, somebody else's need and it's not causing them to, and ourselves, to, to focus on Christ, um, then maybe our motive in meeting that need isn't, isn't there. Um, if it's not bringing glory to God, if it's not increasing um, the, the Christ-likeness. Um, and so as part of that, they, they, um, um, every, every person who comes to the field hospital gets the gospel. Every single person who attends any clinic for a minor injury, for anything, they get, they get the gospel. That They sit down with somebody um, and have the love of Christ explained to them. It's demonstrated practically first, and when that's done, the truth follows. The truth of who Christ is, the tr- truth of hopelessness, um, their hopelessness and our hope. They explain the reason for the hope that is in them, that is enabling them to serve practically, uh, moving from nice affluent America to this warm, war-torn country. Um, and, and as part of this as well, they, they, um, they share the gospel um, locally. They do lots of community outreach as well. They've planted a church there, it's Calvary Chapel Conge, and, um, and they're raising up locals there to, to lead that independently. Part of their aim is they want to build up the existing church. They're not taking a new gospel or a new God. They are recognizing we are the same. We, we, are, we are one body. We, we serve the same God. And so we 
and they they and and by they are teaching the pastors who are who are there who are often not very who, who often don't receive very much training at all um and and they're raising up new pastors and they've they've in their um 20 years they've planted 31 churches they've sent out and raised up 25 different pastors um, this is a, it's a re- it's a really good ministry. I'm really glad that we're like we, we support them as a church. And to be honest, I didn't actually know any of this before preparing this. But uh, um, uh, but I, it is a it is a really good mission um, that we support and and we partake in that when we do pray for them. We partake in that when we do support them financially, and we can learn from their example and serve um, uh, and serve each other in a similar way. We can lay down our lives for our brothers um, and sisters in Christ and um, um, Christ says this in John 13 you know um, uh, a new commandment I give to you oh I've already read that <laughs> that you lo- I'll read it again because it's a good one a uh, new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another and by this all people will know that you are my disciples um, and and so as Christ followers, this is this is what should define our lives, really. And um, and uh, and so and so, so so what does that look like here this morning? Um, uh, how how does that change how we go about bring and share when we see a, 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 when we see a, a dad struggling with his kids, and, uh, or or when we see somebody who looks downcast, or we see like, how how are we going to respond differently? Um, um, Think about your initial heart reaction. Think about what Christ has done for you already and think about how he would call you to respond. Um, and um, yeah, and, and is it a simple hug? Is that, is, that, is that the deed that God would call you to do? Um, and, um, uh, and, and I know I mentioned about prayer, but part of, part of, part of the, if 1 John 3, um, uh, 18 says, if, uh, love us, let us not love in word or talk, but indeed in truth. And that's not to say that loving in word and talk is, is, is bad. Um, it's to say don't just do that. Or if you are loving in word and talk, um, make sure you're in truth. Um, uh, make sure that you, you follow through. If you're encouraging somebody and saying, oh, that's, that's a really tricky situation, um, follow through, try and follow through on that practically. If you don't follow through on that practically, um, follow through on it by persistent prayer. And, and, and I think the more we do that, I think persistent prayer and, and praying can and, can and of themselves be a deed, uh, a good deed and loving deed. Um, and, and I think, yeah, and, 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 um, and so I think that we, we, we should be praying more for our overseas missions. We should be praying for Stephen and Katie, we should be praying for Indeed and Truth and all, all the others that we, um, uh, that we support and, and trust that even God, God, God does use our prayers. Um, and um, and it's, it's also a great fallback and helps us grow as well when we do pray, when, because often needs are overwhelming. We can't meet the full needs. We need God to do that. Um, and um, I'm... Um, I, I, so I, I think I might I might leave leave it there actually. I realise I'm going on to 47 minutes already. So I'm I'm going to get John to 
um, come up now and we're going to um, go through, uh, we're going we're gonna to take communion together um, before we then move back into the mission field and serve one another. Um, and um, and I, th- I think this is a, just a time of remembering where the foundation is and where we are starting as we serve our mission, as we do our mission towards one another here this morning, as we do our m- mission in the week to come um, towards our family, towards work colleagues. Um, but let, let, us, let us remember the Lord together um, and, and persist in prayer that he will work, work this out in us. He is gracious uh, when we don't do this. Uh, um, I want to read to you guys just really quickly bef- uh, before we, we partake together. You, you should have you should have on your seats a little cup uh, that is has some crushed grape juice in it as well as some unleavened bread. There should be a little cup elements of communion uh, and servant church we don't have membership uh, here uh, we, we feel that uh, if you've been born into God's family uh, if you've been born again in God's family if you put your faith in who Jesus is and what he's done for you through his death and resurrection you are part of God's family as Josh mentioned in the, in the beginning there's one family of God worldwide family of God of those who are born again believers in Jesus and so if you're that you're welcome to remember this uh, with us but I, before we do this, I, I think it's important that we remember what we're doing. Um, <coughs> Josh also mentioned how um, you know, that we, we, we need to be willing to admit our need to each other. And, and what motivates us to do that is the fact that God's grace is so sufficient. We can be honest about our shortcomings because God's grace is so sufficient to cover our shortcomings. Uh, We don't have to act like we're better than we are because Christ has already uh, paid the price for us. And so that also is what motivates us to examine ourselves before we take communion. Uh, The Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have even died. But if we, are, if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. Now, now what, what Paul's writing is he's saying, look, take, take this act, this thing that they would do right before they'd have a shared meal together. They do this act of communion, remembering who the Lord is and what he's done. He says, take this act at the, as utmostly serious. It's a time where we commune with God. It's not about being sad. It's not about being afraid. But it's about knowing that, that what Christ has done through his death and resurrection is so sufficient. We can take the time to say, God, I want to be honest. I want to be honest before you about the stuff in my heart. I want to be honest about the lovelessness the prayerlessness. I want to be honest about where I've resisted your will. I want to be honest about where I haven't been about your mission. I want to be honest about uh, the things that you're convicting me about. And I want to receive that fresh cleansing uh, that you've provided for us through Jesus. That's what communion is. 
so that we can be cleansed, so that we can have fellowship again together. Okay? So let's just take a moment to pray. We'll be, well, I'll just be, let us have maybe a moment of, <coughs> a minute of quiet, just pray. And then I will pray together and we can all partake together. Feel free as I'm maybe just being silent. Don't worry about the awkwardness of unpeeling the thing. Go ahead and start opening it up um, and then we'll partake together. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to fulfill your mission, to save us. Lord, that's, that's why you sent Jesus, to bring us into your forever family. That's why you sent Jesus to die for our sins. Lord, you knew, Lord Jesus, you knew that they would, people would reject you and they would crucify you. They knew, you knew what they would do, and you knew what your father had planned. That you would lay down your life, and you would take it up again. That you would pay for our sins, and that you'd be resurrected. Thank you for fulfilling that mission, Lord. And we want to join you in that mission of proclaiming that truth until you come back. So, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being your family, and we thank you for the privilege of having real fellowship with you and through that fellowship, having real fellowship with each other. And so, Lord, we want to do this in remembrance of you and pray that you'd meet us here as we gather together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together.